All right. Welcome. Guess what it is? It's Tuesday. Time for Soulful. Yeah, yeah. Time for Soulful. Yeah, yeah. Time for Soulful. Yeah, yeah. We're back. We're rested. Can you believe we're rested? Yes, we're rested. We're ready. And we're presenting to you the best conversation of all, the juggling act after graduation. Are you a parent? Did you make sure your child is prepared? Do your child think they're prepared? Well, come on in to Soulful. And let's talk about that with Amir Whitaker-Lay. Welcome to Soulful. Hi, and welcome to Soulful. Hello. How's everybody doing? Hi, we're great. How you tired? We got <laughs> enough rest. I am I rejuvenated. Four o'clock this morning playing his video game. Oh, you got to put him out. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, baby. You gotta go into the living room. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not in this I'm bed right here. I'm not as tired as Amia though. I'm not as tired as Amia. Oh, yes, Amia, the college student, the young adult, the woman who wants it all and can no longer get it out of mommy and daddy's pockets. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. So, uh, um, Toy, are you tired too? Of course. I went to bed about five o'clock, so of course I'm tired. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Well, welcome everyone to Soulful. We are so glad that you are here. Yes. Um, let us jump right on in and tell you what we're working on. So, Toya, since you went to bed at five o'clock, tell us what you're working on. Uh, we can't hear you, love. So, this is a very, very business busy week for us, right, Janet? We have multiple shows, multiple run-throughs, and creating. Uh, graphics and overlays and it's just a lot going on this week so i uh, was just preparing for the week and scheduling content so i don't have to worry about the content so i can focus on the shows oh okay nikia what you working on nikia working on a deep project yes um my client is having an event on the 26th so she is on full blown get volunteers get donations mode so she has me um reaching out to Target and Walmart and churches and frats and sororities, trying to find volunteers and donations for her event. Yeah, we started on some of that. Um, I started with assistant Nakia yesterday on some of that by calling um, the targets. Um, So I have finally finished up one project um, that I was working on for a client by the Bernay, because you know of all my fiascos last week. And then I'm preparing for one of my other clients who is now getting ready to run for Board of Education here in Atlanta. So we were having some planning sessions last night till late in the evening. And now I have some things to type up and some contracts to prepare for her. And then my other client getting ready for her event that it's occurring. And then I have a discovery call today. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm ready though. I'm ready though. I'm ready to get back excited. So Amia, 
tell us, tell us what the young college woman is working on. Sleep. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, okay, sleep, mom. Oh, not getting the bag, not 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 a boyfriend, but sleeper. Okay, okay. Well, Amia's working on sleep. Well, welcome, Amia, to Soulful. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Nineteen. My birthday in less than a month. <laughs> cash out, cash out, cash out. <laughs> I don't even know about her. I think it's like, you know, the dollar sign, my name, and then it's like WL17. Um, I was enrolled in Lynchburg, but I'm not going back. I don't do it. Okay. And so what are you majoring in? Criminal justice. Oh. And what aspect of the criminal justice are you... Was that a minor or major? That was your major. So is there a minor or? Yeah, um, it's forensic science. Okay, okay. Has you always had a love for that that science and justice, or is this a new love? I had a love for like wanting to be in the nursing industry, medical field, but it's like I'm kind of in that now. So it's like, why not do like have a little two in one? Okay. So why you don't want to go back to Lynchburg? It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's very different. Okay. Well, I mean, this is an open forum. You can say how you feel. You know, there are other potential college graduate. I mean, not graduates, but high school graduates who may be interested in Lynchburg that you might say something to spark them to say, okay, maybe let me reevaluate. Or you may say something to encourage someone about going to Lynchburg. So, you know, I'll, I will tell you this as you proceed in life. Yes, there are always the right ways to say things, but you should never hold back from saying something because you don't know where the domino effect that it may, may lie ahead. So my first question to you, because you kind of opened it up um, about sleep. And our topic is the juggling act after graduation. Did or um, did uh, Nikia prepare or not prepare you for adulthood? See, right now, I want to say no. But then again, maybe she did not just like have one of those, I, it went, went in one year and I was over. That is very true. <laughs> And wait till you get about 50. Oh, I'm telling my business. Then you're going to have another revelation. But go ahead. So you you feel like she did, but she didn't in some. So what are the aspects that you felt like she didn't prepare you? I don't know. I could just say, like, she made, she made it seem like it was going to be easy. Wow. Wow. Nakia? You have a rebuttal? I don't think I made it seem easy. I just think I I I hid the what is it? Um hid the struggle. You know, it's hard being a parent, single parent, because I was a single parent to her. It's hard being a single parent, but I didn't want her to feel the the stress and strain of me being a single parent. So I tried to make sure that her life was as 
um, joyful and um, full as possible so that she didn't feel like she was being neglected or she didn't have something or something was missing. So, no, she doesn't know that pants cost 60 bucks. And she doesn't know that, you know, sometimes when she goes to sleep, her mom is still up cleaning the house or prepping dinner or doing work or, you know, those type of things. Um, so I, I guess I blindsided her. So, Amia, uh, I, I guess in, in the flip of that, now that you heard what your mother said, are those the areas that you feel that you were ill-prepared in, or are there other areas? I mean, do you feel like you're ill-prepared when it comes to finances? Are you ill-prepared in yes. dealing with adults? Are you ill-prepared in juggling things? Um, what, what, what's, if you could name two things that you could say, Mom, I truly wish you would have taught me, what would be those two things? Kindness is definitely, um, and I'm gonna say, not necessarily all grown people, but you, like, you know how you cut, you got just them few grown people that just, I don't know, it's something about them that they just, I can't, I can't Okay. So if you would have known better maybe to handle adult conversations yeah. with people who are older than you or elder than you. No, not necessarily like when it comes to handling conversations, just like in general, I guess like certain interaction because like I like I just got a nasty attitude sometimes. Yeah, I don't even want to have a conversation. Just don't talk to me. <laughs> okay, okay. So I rebut, I rebut the finance conversation because she knows that her mom was not taught about finances and I had to learn on the fly. And I felt like I prepared her because Amia came out at 18 with an over 700 credit score. She knew not to not to get in debt, not to do certain things. So I, I rebut the, the finance question. How about this? I can say you, yeah, you tried because, like, when it comes to the spreadsheet and budget and everything, but I don't know. If you would have had it a little better, then I probably would have had it a little better. Okay. Well, look, let me tell you something. There is no, even till this day, I mean, with all the teachers and um, books and videos, there is still no parenting book that can tell you how to handle parenting. And really each parent's journey with each child, not with their children, with each child is different because each child learns differently. Each child pays attention to things differently. Each child is affected by things that go household. You may be affected one way, but your brother, your sister, you have a sister. Your sister may be affected another way, I only have an only child, so my child is totally, her in her mind, it's only her in the world. As opposed to Toya, who has a tribe, they all might feel individually different about, okay, I'm, I'm mommy's child or I'm daddy's child because she has both mommy and So each rearing that you do with your child is totally different, and there is no one right or wrong way. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Maybe there was something that she could have done differently. 
but she's already kind of preset the conversation by saying it. She didn't know what she was doing. So she was learning and teaching herself as well as learning and teaching you the values that she thought was important. And so now you can put together what you learn from her and your values that you were learning for your children when you come up. Yeah, I, I distinctly remember growing up listening to my parents argue about money. So neither one of them knew what they were doing. Um, so I don't feel like they were prepared to teach me what I was doing. Um, I, I worked in the finance department at, at a mortgage company. And so I learned how to clean my credit and, and, and fix it and do what I needed to do. So I've had several reiterations of my credit being the best, but, um, sustaining it has always been hard because I was a single parent working a menial job. So I think now it's getting better because my children are grown. I don't have those expenses that I used to have. I'm going to have extra cash coming in, you know, those type of things. So I think that um, financing in in life is an ebb and flow. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, I, I personally don't know anybody whose finances, and I know people who live in $300,000 houses and their credit is jacked. So I don't know anybody whose credit is 100% or 800 that's true. That's true. I mean, no matter what your score is, you've had some challenges along the way. And, you know, some people who have really good scores had had bankruptcy. So that bankruptcy removed everything off their plate, even though they may know, but it removed so their plate looks clean and like they have nothing. And now they have this wonderful 750, et cetera. But they had some challenges before they were able to achieve. And there are some people who have that 750, but still had some challenges and was able not to go as far as bankruptcy. So Toya, after hearing from Amia and some of the things, what do you feel like you are preparing your children for in regards to life after, after I mean, not life after high school graduation, preparing for adulthood? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I I think that I'm preparing them for the real world. Um, you know, we, we know we're in Virginia, when we're in Florida, we're around grandparents. Grandparents will give you everything because they can afford to and do all this stuff and make life happy, you know, ice cream and shopping. We don't do that here. Like I, I literally make them, you know, work for whatever they want. Like you can have whatever you want in this life, but you just got to work for it. So I think that is um, one, one I feel right now, you know, these things change, but right now I feel that's a good thing that I'm doing, you know? And, um, and, and this is a struggle. Sometimes you like, you want to give your child the world, you want to give your children the world, but I just understand just seeing what I see in this world. You, you, you gotta, I feel like it's best to make them work for it. They feel better about it. My daughter's going on a trip and she wants to, she needs, you guys are talking about iPhones before and she wants the newer, whatever, 11 or whatever. I don't know the iPhones like that. But I can easily just pay for it. I can just—I know she's going to trip. I can pay for it. But what she did, she—she she got a job with the neighbor. She's working at the convenience store, and she saved almost two hundred dollars in the last few weeks to get that phone. So I'm letting her go as far as she can. And at the very, 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 very end, I will support her. But I want her to feel what it feels to do something for yourself, feel good about it, and work hard for it. So that's—that's that's one of the things that I'm doing. You know, when I was growing up, one of my biggest things, and and this is a flip 
on the side of emotion. My 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 parents were not good emotionally. And so with that being said, with what I saw growing up, I tried to make sure that my daughter didn't go through what I did. So I didn't handle emotional stuff correct. In addition, um, because my parents were sort of very, well, no, not sort of, they were very strict and they instilled working, I worked too hard. So I missed a lot of moments that I should have had with my daughter to connect emotionally the way that I should have. So those are the things that I, I recognize and fault myself for. However, it turned out to the flip side for my daughter because my daughter is very emotional with her daughter. She's very in tune to any little thing that my grandbaby does or moves. She's very keen on it. And that is weird to me in some aspect because first of all, my daughter said she was never having children. So that's the first thing. Um, then the second thing, of course, you know, in our in our Caribbean tradition, when you lose a life, you gain a life. So we understood that once we lost my mother, that was her that was coming back. However, the way that my grandbaby acts is the way my mother acts. So I feel like in some retrospect, that is that reconnection of building that emotional bondage that needed to be built to prepare for the generations to come. I know it may seem far-fetched, but that's that that's one of the things that I notice that is occurring now on how that is changing um, within our family. So how do you feel, Amina, that you are prepared emotionally for, for adulthood? Um, I'd say pretty good, because my attitude towards like a lot of stuff, even though like people be like in the long run, it's probably not going to get you nowhere. I say pretty good because I kind of got like a nonchalant, like I can't be bothered attitude, which I feel like in this world, you kind of need because like you can't be like sensitive because people going to talk either way. <laughs> so what, what do you feel since this is your juggling act, what are you juggling right now that just seems oh so much to you? At this very moment, I would say nothing. Like, you, in between, like, my jobs, like, I don't know. Jobs? So you have more than one job? Yeah. Oh, so tell us about these jobs. Um, well, right now I'm employed at Cold Stone. So, like, okay. you can't really go wrong with that. It's a nice, chill environment. But, but like, it's getting kind of old. Like, I'm not getting, I just don't feel like I'm getting paid enough. So I'm looking for other jobs. And, and then what's your other job? Um, I'm a PRN in a group home. So, yeah. That's so, pretty interesting. Being I always wanted to be in the medical field, and it's well worth my time and pay. So, uh, with Cold Stone, and I'm not asking you your salary, are you minimum wage? No. No? Below or higher? It's like, it's higher, but it's still not enough to be. Okay. And then with the PRN, are you minimum wage? No. Below or higher? Higher. So drastically higher. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so with that being said, which one do you get the most hours out of? 
or are you setting your own schedule? Am I frozen? Can you hear me? I think she may be frozen. If you can hear us, Amelia, please go. Uh, remove yourself and come back in. See if that works. Um, I want to say that she's coming in the house. I want to say that um, I try to teach my children that there's nothing wrong with hard work. Um, I felt like as a single parent, there was only hard work. Because, I mean, it was only me to do it. Right. I wanted my children to live a certain lifestyle because that's the way I was raised. And I felt as though because I turned out well, which I think, <laughs> because I turned out well, there was nothing wrong with it. And my mom always says, take the best thing that you can from your parents and do that with your children. So I felt like because I was spoiled and, and I saw my parents work hard and I had both parents, um, that there was nothing wrong with my children seeing me work hard. I had to work harder than most because it was only me. But Amia got to see those things and I think that, you know, she knows she wants to travel and she knows she wants to have this type of lifestyle. So she has no problem with the two jobs. You coming over here? So my question in, in regards to the pay, more or less, is, Amir, do you, because the, the, the group home is sort of in your field, right? That's sort of in your field of where you're learning to go to. Yeah. Okay. So do you understand why the pay is different there? Than as the Cold Stone, because the Cold Stone not necessarily is a fast food, but it's in that, uh, how would you say, fast food restaurant change. And them, they're an ice cream place. So they're thinking that they are, and you can kind of tell me, they are hiring people who may there just for a moment. No one necessarily grows up and says, I want to work in Cold Stone for the rest of my life. I mean, some people might, but but people do grow up and say, I do want to further my career with these youth. I want to work. Maybe I can own my own group home. Maybe I can get some agencies. Maybe I can work. You understand what I'm saying? So that's the one thing that I want you to take away from here. Yes, Cold Stone is a place of business, but Cold Stone's business and their mentality about their employees are totally different than the location where the group home is and and their employees because first of all you you are investing in the life of others that their lives are not so great so first of all you're appreciated in a whole nother way as opposed to cold stone cold stone feel like you can come in and you can leave and we can find somebody to hire back right da, da, da. you understand what I'm, so that's one aspect and then in addition with the group home the investment that is involved in there so that's why they tend to pay you way higher than minimum wage because of the in, in the return that you are giving back. Ladies, did I ex sort of explain that right for her to understand? Okay, okay. I think so. So, so you have two jobs. I, I, I'm just going to presume you live at home. You live at home. You have a car. 
you have a car, so you 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 paying out car. Car note, is that correct? Or are you blessed to have somebody pay your car? Oh no, no, you're not paying at all. Oh, you paid off your car. You pay car insurance. You paying any rent? Ooh, life is sweet. Okay, so you pay car insurance. You pay cell phone bill. And you buy your own food? Yeah, pretty much, sometimes. Okay. And you want to travel? Yeah. And you take care of your own upkeep, you know, your hair, your nails. And so do you feel that your income takes care of your 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 expenses? I'm saying. In a way, yeah, but like timing could be better if that makes sense. Like, what you mean by timing? Like my paydays, like okay, with Coldstone, like their paychecks are never on time. We're supposed to get paid on Mondays, and like my last three paychecks, I've got paid on Fridays. I get paid on Fridays at my other job, but see, with them, I have early access to my paychecks, so like. As soon as I clock out a shift, that like day pay will be available. So that's always convenient because let's say like, I don't know, I popped a tire or something, I need to replace my tire. I could tap into my paycheck for my second job and p pay to replace that tire. But like, I found myself just last week, I wanted my hair done. I was supposed to get paid already and I didn't get paid because I'm waiting on my cold stone check to come. And so I had to borrow some funds from, from my mother here to pay for it and I had to reimburse her the next day when I got my direct deposit. So, so with Coldstone, is, is there a problem why they can't they pay, pay you all the time? time? I, I honestly don't know. This week they said it was the, like issues with their bank, like the bank, the people who issue their checks. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, and that could be the reason why they pay you the way. So that that is something. Maybe Coldstone's finances are not where they need them to be, so that they could pay you way higher than the minimum wage. Do you understand? Sometimes you have to. Um, what's the word? You have to evaluate the people you're working for to understand why they operate the way they operate. Does that help to help yeah, you understand? understand. Yeah. So, maybe so maybe it's time to leave Coldstone. Cold cold could you get, you get more, more hours, hours at the group, at the group home? home? I mean, yeah. I mean, automatically, every shift I work is nine hours. But, like, with them, you can't work more than six days a week. So, And you, and work, you work six, six days, days a week already? already? <laughs> no, not yet, but... <laughs> Oh, well, maybe see if you can, how many days do you work in the average? Six. What? Oh, well then, yeah, you can't work no more. You can't work no more. She just did a double. She worked at Cold Stone yesterday, and then she went to work last night. She just got off work at 8 o'clock this morning. She, she about that bad. She, she got to do what she got to do. I remember those same days. I remember going to school full-time, working at um Winn-Dixie, because I lived in Florida. Working at Winn Dixie after I left school, left Winn Dixie, and then I went to um, AT and T. 
So yeah, I would be up from, cause classes started for me at 8 a.m. And I didn't finish till at 18 T until midnight. And so in between, um, my break at when Dixie, I was doing, oh, I'm sorry, Google was talking. Um, my break at when Dixie, I would do a little bit of homework. Then I rode the bus to AT&T. So I would do my homework. It's not doing, not fun doing your homework on the Florida bus. But anyway, do my homework. And then when I got to AT&T, of course, it was a call center. So I would have out, you know, my script. But then I would have my notebook doing my homework in between my script calls. And then when I got home, I did whatever I needed to catch up on because um, I was in fashion designing. So I was doing a lot of drawing. And that would be my creative time while I'm sitting there waiting for the you know, I'd just be sketching out stuff. And that's how I live. So yeah, when you when you got things to achieve, you have to do and I did it with no car, but I had to pay for my apartment because I didn't want to live a dip Yeah, that's her next expense. She's moving out. Well, these things happen. Learn now how to budget for groceries. Oh, I've already been through this. This ain't my first time moving out. Okay, okay, okay. Why you keep Why coming, you coming back? back? My lease ended. And I've just been looking for places since then. Okay. okay. That's understandable. So, ladies, do you have anything more to contribute about the juggling act after graduating? I mean, you have new kids, so you're preparing. Well, I don't... Um... No, I, I really don't. I think it's interesting to hear from um, from Amir her point her point of view, you know, because it's just me. I'm reminiscing. That's I'm a little. I'm just remember. I, I remember, man, this this 18, 19 year old life and trying to figure out and what to do next. And you know, I just um, I, watching Amir. I love that she is. Uh, a, she she has balance. You know, I'm glad that she's at home. She's saving money. To me, I feel like black people kick their kids out. When you turn 18, you just get kicked out, and that's just it. You know what I'm saying? And I just don't think it makes sense. If you have someone who is level headed and doing what they can to do to to get to the next level, stay your behind home. Stay your behind home, and and collect them checks. And 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 if you're if you're you know doing school at home, um, you know in the area, stay home. You know if if, if possible. And just prepare yourself, you know, you don't have to struggle because I struggled, you know, I, I struggled. I've been you know, listening to you, Janet. I worked uh, when I was in college, I worked before school, worked after school. And now I, I remember um, getting working to get another job. So that was working three jobs at one time plus school. And that was craziness. You know what I'm saying? It was stressful. It was just me and paying a car note in an apartment, all that kind of crazy stuff. The juggling act. I just think that you make it easier for yourself and make sure it makes sense. If you have the ability to stay home for a little bit, you know, save up and and just take your time and do it with ease, and um and and like enjoy life and just take your time. Like you ain't got to rush off and and um just be 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 broke. Like I feel like you shouldn't be broke. If you don't have no kids and stuff like that. You have a job. Don't be just out here being broke just to say you have your own apartment. You know, just take your time. That's all I got to say. I have a question. What do you think about those parents who live by the once they're 18, they're grown. Because I do subscribe to that. She's 18. She's grown. I don't have to mainly take care of her. Now, if she needs something, I'm definitely there. But she want a pair of pants? No, there's not my job anymore. So, um, oh, go, go ahead, Janet. 
Go ahead, I Jenny. come from that sort of background where you are, Nakia, because my parents believe because of where they are, uh, because of where they were Caribbean parents, you know, you did kind of stay with the family, but you were an individual entity at the same time. So in Jamaica, yeah, all of you may live together, but you are working, you are going to school, you are doing whatever that is contributing to the household, but you have to maintain and follow the rules that are the same as before you became an adult, X, Y, and Z, A, B, and C. Yeah. However, when you come to America, in America's mind, and so maybe they adopted that, in their mind, it's the same thing. However, you are extended because you go to a college. Now, yes, you know, my parents probably would have liked if I had stayed in college in New York, but hey, you got the opportunity where you can totally leave home. So if you want to leave home, they allowed you to leave home, but you took on the responsibilities as if you were not in the home. So I think it kind of just depends. And America definitely teaches this, their, their 18-year-olds, or anytime you, once you finish with high school, you're going to graduate, you're going to go to college. You're going to stay on the dorm. Now, you stay on the dorm, mom and dad may help you with your dorm fees, but in actuality, mom and dad want you to get scholarships etc to pay for those dorm fees and you go to school and then when you come out you should get this illustrious degree which nine times well i've learned that illustrious degree really puts you in debt so that you can't even go get that apartment and start that full-fledged career life that you should had i had it to do it all over again i would have done like other ethnicities do you, you leave you leave high school, go to community college, get your basics, then then decide what university or whatever you want to invest in. And that same time during your community college, you could be saving, growing, building, etc. Then when you get ready for college, college, you can devote that time and study to whatever your profession is going to be, and then come out on the reverse side with not so much debt. That that so in in actuality yes because we do subscribe to that once you finish high school it's time for you to be an adult and I think that comes from a little bit of parents depending upon how many people are in the household the shift role so that that is one thing then secondly in this day and age now we are noticing that grandmas are actually taking care of the babies so that is putting more stress on grandparents. And they are sort of catering to them and not giving them the love and guidance that they, I don't want to say love and guidance that they need, but the children are not growing up with those certain values and things that they would have had before. I may not be explaining it right, but I'm just saying the shift of mom and dad taking care of to now, because a lot of things, what do, what do they say about the, the grandparents, that the grandparents are raising children and that is being an unbalanced situation. I may not be explaining it right, but. So I feel like, um, I feel like it's individual, you know, like me, you know, I have multiple children and I just think it's different for each child. There's some children that I, I feel in my spirit, they got to go, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, I mean, and that just will be best for everybody, you know? 
and um, that they, they literally need to be kicked out so they can really grow up. And I think that's, it just depends on the child. Depends on the child. I, I'm, you know, the husband, yeah, I can't wait to the 18, you know, but, I, you know, like you said, other ethnicities and entities do things different. And I'm learning from these different people. Like you really, it's hard um, to get out here and do all those things. Like I don't, I didn't have an inheritance where I have, you know, houses and land once I get out of, you know, got out of high school. Some people just really do. Some people have, um, you know, parents that can afford to, that have had a college fund. What is that? You know, I, we didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? So um, I just realized that everybody's situation is different and you have to act accordingly, but you just be smart. There's no reason to be in debt for your undergrad degree. There's just no reason at all. And I am, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't know any better. Um, like like the kid, I just wasn't taught, but I, but I'm I'm learning, and I am not paying for my kids uh, their their undergrad degree. There's just too many options where they can get it done affordably or even free. So I'm not doing it. I'm I'm, I'm not. So that's one thing I was gonna say. Um, I'm in debt because I was not taught um, private school versus public school, and I went to a private school, and my private school was like 30,000 a semester, which I didn't realize. I thought it was gonna be 30,000 for the year. So I mean, those those terms were semester and year, public and private. Those terms were not taught to me in high school. And when it came time to go to college, I was an independent student. So my mom's income didn't come into play. My mom's nothing came into play. And so now I'm $100,000 in debt. So no, I can't afford to pay for Amia's school. But Amia has taken on that responsibility for herself, which I'm very proud of. And I try to help as much as I can. But um, I was wondering, did you guys get any of that education of public and private? And this is how much it's gonna cost a semester, not a year. For me, I sort of did because I wanted to do a specific, I was going to a specific school in regards to what I wanted to do. So I wanted to be, my original goal in life, I wanted to be a fashion designer for full-figured women. So I went to a high school that um, um, prepared you for that. And then you could either went to FIT, which is a fashion design school. Of course, because my school was focused on it, that made my tuition fees more expensive. However, I thought that going to Florida would be cheaper um, because, of course, you know, New York is expensive. So I thought going to Florida would be cheaper on the back end. But in actuality, it actually equated to me if I would have stayed in New York. It had been a little bit more expensive, but had I stayed in New York, I wouldn't have taken on the additional additional um, entities that I had to pay for and some of the stress that came along with it. So yes, in my situation, I was taught the difference between the two because I was going to a specific type of school. Now, when I was thinking about, because I did think about going to like Howard and all of that, that was sort of a little bit different. But there wasn't the thing that that with our guidance counselor, um, she was more about teach, teaching you where for what your career level was. And so when she was talking about Howard, she wasn't as passionate and descriptive as she was about if you want to go to a fashion school or a merchandising school. 
could be that she wasn't of our ethnicity. So she couldn't really explain to you about the things you could have fostered in an HBCU. Um, so that could be that difference. But yeah, uh, my, my situation was because I want to do fashion. That's where the focus was. Um, for me, I think the, the, the education was go to college, do it, you know, go to college. That's, that's what was pushed. So I, my focus was taking SATs and ACTs and things like that. Never necessarily the financial part. I remember going to school and th that was like a, a one session conversation where they, where they taught you about, you know, uh, you know, applying for financial aid, you know, FAFSA. That's all that was really, and then just signing the documents, you know, um, when I was at 1999, that's when I when I was off to school, and um, I, I just feel like the focus was you go get you a good good degree, you are gonna get you a good job, and so if you, whatever any means necessary, you know, no one talked about the surrounding debt <laughs> that you can get in, whether you finish college or not. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah, I don't. The, the focus was so I just that is why I'm like I community college. You can get like you, it's a book, it's information get it re, you know go you know get it done you know you get college credit college credit while you are in high school get that done and then go and get the have that college experience but just you know do it for a year or something it ain't, you ain't got to be there all all the years to, to get that experience if you if you cannot afford it everybody's situation is, is different and our situation i know right now i cannot afford to put kids through school wherever they want to go in the country and so i'm being realistic for my situation you know, and that's what I think that's what's important. Be realistic about your situation and anything that you do. This is my husband taught me anything that you do when you start a business, whatever. The first thing that you know are the um, the financial, you know, what's what it is financially and the law, you know, know the law, know about whatever you're getting into and know the finance stuff first. So all I can do is teach these kids. I'm a teacher and I tell them about my situation. I'm in debt and it don't even make sense. You know what I'm saying? decades ago from for, for and then in my situation I went, it was in the school of business i didn't really 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 learn until i went to, to on these jobs and these corporate I, that's where i really learned about uh, how to how to do business you know how to do the things i know how to do not necessarily at school you know so i you know it just it really depends you know what you're going to school for like i get it patience wants to be a doctor you going to go through that gamut do the whole thing but some of these other children, like, you really, really consider, you know, what it is, know what you want to do before you go embark into that collegiate, you know, in some cases, debt. But I pray that none of our children, nobody else is in debt, especially for the undergrad degree. It does, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Well, my daughter didn't finish. Um, she went to college for one year, not even mm -hmm. one year, one semester. And she was like, mommy, it's not, it's not for me. I'm not happy. And so I was upset um, because, you know, I'm still in that sort of, you come on America, you forgot college, you know. However, I let it be because then I realized if I'd have kept, if I'd have kept on forcing her, it really would have been an unhealthy situation because God knows what could have happened. So I allowed her to try to find her way. Now, she's 25 right now. She hasn't, well, no. She does know that she's, and she's always loved the beauty industry. So she's now drasting or moving towards that. Um, before she wanted to be working sports and do sports therapy because she does love sports. However, somewhere along the line, she got distracted and I'm just not, but she just said that the college life is, she, it just wasn't for her. So I understood that and I respected that. And so now I'm just waiting. But like I told her, you know, you have to take care of yourself. Um, 
I am not giving you no handouts. You know, you, you've made some decisions, so you have to be responsible for the decisions that you make, you know, so. Yeah, I think that's key, understanding that you're responsible for the decisions and, uh, you know, just act accordingly, you know. Yeah, and medical, medical is, a, my parents wanted me to be a nurse. And I just was like, eight years of schooling, that is not for me. No, because you got Observe everything that I have, every you know, I, I where I grew up in Florida, my neighborhood. I don't know if there was any Americans. We may have been the only Americans on the street, Janet. <laughs> everybody else was, was from Haiti or Jamaica for the most part. And everybody parent wanted them to be a nurse. Every everybody wanted to be a nurse. Yeah. I wanted to be a lawyer, but my mom was like, Jesus doesn't need lawyers, so I decided to be an interior designer. She said she that said Jesus, Jesus didn't need lawyers. My mother's a Jehovah's Witness, and so she said Jesus does not need lawyers because when a new system comes, there's not going to be crime, so you're not going to have no job. So you need to have something else to fall back on. So interior design was what I chose. I just want you to know I'm over here bubbling up inside just laughing about the Jesus did not need lawyers. Does not need lawyers. All right, mama. There will be no crime. Well, Amir, any last words for the young college or us parents? You know, I have something. Miss Jenny brought up HBCUs. Mia, how do you feel about HBCUs? Are they worth it or are they hype? No, I started off wanting to go to an HBCU because I don't know why. I just thought it was so amazing but in reality they're just known for like the party life and that just wasn't for me don't got no rhythm don't like people don't drink don't smoke it just was gonna be a waste of time especially during covid because you can't do too much partying well i mean and and that's that's definitely because uh, you know who you are i mean i do think because i i've seen some people who have um, went, attended HBCUs and have long, lifelong friendships, have fostered, um, even some here in Atlanta where I reside, they've even gone into business together and made bigger businesses together. There's some that um, have established their own business and then goes back to their HBC. So it really just depends on the school that you attend. It really depends on you as the individual. That's, That's truly, truly what it depends on. An HBCU may work for some, may not work for none. I know plenty who have gone to HBCU and partied the four, whole four years and came out with nothing. But then I know some extremely um, wonderful individuals who, and then there are even some, some individuals who are married who attended HBCU, sort of like the, um, what's her name, Claire and Cliff, um, who have done astronomical things. Um, I know of one couple right now, one is in music and the other one is in sports, and they do, they have their own businesses and an entity, and they support HBCUs by telling, you know, doing the things that you, of course, they had some struggles along their way, but, you know, so HBCUs, they are there. They are effective. But it, once again, it goes back to the individual. If you go there and you 
you excel and make the connections and do all the things, yes, it's wonderful. But if you go to him party, it's just an HBCU. Yeah. Yo, so I can speak to that. I went to HBCU. I went to Tennessee State University and I loved it coming from different schools that were um, where most of my teachers were white and stuff like that to be in an environment and be nurtured. The thing is, is the nurture. Oh my gosh. It's just a different experience to see, you know, black professors that really have your interest in heart. It's like talking to you. It's like your auntie or your uncle teaching you, you know, it was, that was the feel that I got. And like um, Janet said, it depends on you. Um, in my dorm, I, I think of the, my, my freshman year, most of the girls I can think of, it was the uh, the honors floor, but they're, they're doctors, they're, they're lawyers, they're, I mean, literally, everybody I was around, they're all amazing photographers, world-renowned, and these are people that, like, like she said, lifelong friends, and these are, are Black people by husband. And um, yeah, it's, it, I, but it's a choice. I didn't do all the partying and stuff like that. I mean, I went to some parties, but that's not what I was there for. But um, so yeah, it, it, it's a it can really it's a culture that is very nurturing. So I, I appreciate. It. I'm very glad that even though I'm in debt from college, I'm glad that I went because I just because of the relationships that I made. I agree. I didn't go to an HBCU, but I have lifelong friends, and I'm glad that I went. And I'm not glad about the debt, but I'm glad about everything else. Feel you. Feel you. All right then. Well. We thank you for a, wait a minute, wait a minute. I forgot, I forgot. This edition of Sotiful is sponsored by Go Black Inc. Toya, tell us about Go Black Inc. All right, so at Go Black Inc., we do this here. We produce shows, live stream shows for uh, big events, small events uh, for, for shows like this. And we'll be happy to assist you with your next show. Just go to goblackinc.com to schedule a call and Janet or I will be there to help you. Well, 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 it's that time. We want to thank Amia for her insight and just sharing with us about the juggling act after graduation. And we just want to encourage you parents as well as students out there that, you know, your individual journey is truly your individual journey. Parents, do the best you can with what you can. There is no right or wrong way. We love our children from the moment of conception till they're in our womb until they come out. And we just do the best that we can. And children, just understand that each of us as parents, all we're doing is wanting to make sure we provide the best, give you the best, ensure you with the best roadmap that you can have a productive life. So sometimes listen, sometimes listen very keenly, and sometimes just listen and don't respond. Somewhere along the way, one of those three, you will exercise in your adulthood. Trust me, I've done it, you will too. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful Juggling Act After Graduation edition of Sultiful. We'll see you next week, Tuesday, 4 p.m. Remember to subscribe, like, and share. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye for now. Hi, and welcome to Soul Support.